Coach Reaver, I'm really excited to be in the classroom today as we get to introduce something brand new that we're calling the Culture Connection. It's an eight-part mini-series on culture designed by coaches for coaches to use with their team, and it's another way that we're trying to be useful in 2020. Yeah, it's going to be about team leadership and unity, and you know these eight components that we're going to talk about uh, are all going to be released at one time, so they don't have to sit there and wait for one, then two. They're all going to be released at one time, so you can binge listen. Uh, and you know, I'm really excited about the content. You know, we partnered with Randy Jackson, and a lot of this material will be on CoachRandyJackson.com. So if you like what you're hearing, go purchase these downloads. Yeah, and you know. I'm a big believer in the great courses. So if you listen to audiobooks like I do, the great courses are, you can find them on any uh, topic, but there are a series of lectures given by college professors, whether it's on the dinosaurs or how to write great fiction or how an engine in an automobile works. They have a great course for it. And really what we're hoping the culture connection is, is a great course for you to use your, with your team. So... Without any further introduction, let's get better together. there's really only one professional organization that comes to mind. That's the New Zealand All Blacks. Uh, definitely. When you think about sports teams in general, you know, with us having American football over here, uh, you always think about the New England Patriots. But the most dominant professional team in the world is, like you said, the New Zealand All Blacks rugby team. And I'm excited to talk about their sweep the sheds mantra today and uh, kind of dive into their culture and how they win so much, and why they win so much. Uh, so it's going to be a fun topic today. Yeah, when you talk about the most dominant professional team, we're talking about dominance, not for a few years or a decade. We're talking a century. In the last 100 years of competition, the All Blacks have won 86% of their games. That is phenomenal. When you, when you say 86%, and then you mention over a century, that just is mind-blowing uh, to me. And my question is, and I think with our listeners, they're going to want to know, you know, how have they done this? And that's what we're going to dive in today. That's what we're going to look at because there's no secret potion. There's no secret sauce. Every team has this component to them. It just has to be taught. For sure. Um, so let's talk specifically, how have they done this? Well, it starts with the All Blacks with character. And that character is built on the sweep the shed mantra that you alluded to earlier. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. The one thing they do is that they're never too big to do the little things, which means they serve others. So we can look at this and we implemented this with our team a while back. And, uh, you know, when you think about a game, you, you want to leave it better than you found it. And that was kind of our tagline that we put in at the end. But our guys kind of understood that a clean locker room means that you're tidy also on the field, uh, that you're going to be disciplined. Uh, you're never too big to do those little things. So if there's garbage on the ground, 
even if it's not yours, pick it up. Uh, so that's kind of how I think of their character, humility, and their sweep the shed mantra goes uh, with their team. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because the All Blacks being so successful, even their superstars, guys like Richie McCaw and Dan Carter, and I don't even know that much about rugby, but even those guys have to follow this sweep the shed mantra because that's part of the character that they're building in this organization. Yeah, you know, you might think it seems strange for a team that that has that much dominance, you know, that they could be, oh, somebody else will do that. Oh, we have managers. Oh, uh, the equipment guys will clean all that up. But humility is core, is at their core to what their culture is. They believe that it is impossible to achieve success without having your feet firmly planted on the ground. And that's what they do. When you talk about character, they're going to take care of the little things that get them going. You know, and with sweeping, it has to be done every day. Why? Because it more and more will accumulate when you don't sweep. So the other thing with that sweeping that I think is important with that word is that there's a process to everything. Like we all know, Mm. and process is so overdone in sports right now. But if you try to mop before you've swept, you actually get mud. So it's really important that the sweeping the shed, that comes first. That is priority number one in the All Blacks organization. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because they take care of themselves if you think about it. Like they're not looking for somebody else. When you were mentioning, um, you know, that Richie McCaw and Dan Carter, how they, they take care of themselves. They're not looking for somebody else to do the dirty work. You know, they're going to look after themselves because uh, – Nobody else is going to. So they're going to take care of their business first and foremost. So my question to listeners right now is, what are they doing that is a sweep-the-shed mentality with their team, with their organization? Pause your presentation. Pause your podcast for just a moment and ask yourself that question. What do you do in your organization or your program that is a sweep-the-shed mentality? Children growing up aspire to be all blacks. I think it's uh, the heart and soul of New Zealand. I know how much the team meant when I was six years old, getting up in the middle of the night to watch the all blacks play. When they're in the all black team, they're being passed on the responsibility of that black jersey with the silver fern. It's their time, it's their time in that jersey, and it's their responsibility to enhance the legacy. So as we travel into the second part, better All Blacks are made by better people. So better people make better All Blacks. The best teams have the best people. Just like that jersey that you tell your kids on Friday nights, that that jersey is legacy. People have worn that jersey before you. What kind of people do you have in those jerseys that's been in your system, been in your team, uh, what kind of person are you building up inside your program? That's what the All Blacks are going to look at, that better people make better All Blacks. Yeah, I think one of the things about being a better person is that you have better 
you better have your values defined ahead of time. Um, I know that's an interview question that's kind of popping up on people's radars right now is give me your five values, the five things that you stand for, the five things that you're going to go to the wall and not compromise on. And unless you really put in the mental time and work to identify those and build those and strengthen those in your skill set, you're lost right now in terms of your moral compass, your North Star. And so when the All Blacks talk about wanting to be a better person, they're really wanting people that want to work on their values and morals as much, if not more, than the skills that a rugby player needs. So as you're continuing to listen to this, pause for a moment. and Let's take this little survey that you can ask your team. You can even ask your coaches. Who in this room will sweep the shed? Who in this room would you trust your wallet with? Who is man enough to say something to your teammates when they are not acting like an all black? And who in this room doesn't take offense and wants to be great? I think those are powerful questions to ask teenagers inside of a high school football locker room, inside of a basketball locker room, uh, even inside of a, a baseball dugout. When you're asking your team are you a better person? Because if you're a better person, then you're going to make a better teammate. Along with that, if you're a leader, whether you lead two people or 200 people, I want you to ask yourself right now, what's your standard? How does your standard match your values? If it doesn't, then you need to figure out a way that your standards that you set for other people, the guidelines, the parameters that you have, match the values that you do on a daily basis, that you believe in, that you preach, and that you teach. For example, is it okay if players show up five minutes late? Is it okay if they leave 10 minutes early? What's your standard on that? Um, detention, academics, are you preaching discipline to your high school students? Are you preaching them? Uh, are, you, are you really wanting them to graduate, or are you just trying to get them by so that they can be eligible from season to season? It has to be a daily fight, and until your values reflect the standards that you ask your players to follow, you're falling short of your potential. Good people make great teams, and people that uh, aren't very nice, although they might be superstars, we don't want them. I think that's a powerful clip right there, JT, that even though you might be a superstar, if you're not a good teammate, they don't want you. And think about so many high school teams, professional teams, or collegiate teams that some coaches sacrifice that, that they're, the standard is a double standard. And they sit there and they say, oh, we're going to turn the uh, turn away because Johnny was late because he's a superstar. Well, according to the All Blacks, that does not matter. No, we see it all the times in sports where coaches are willing to compromise or leaders are willing to compromise their values, what they stand for, because somebody pushes the boundary a little bit too far. But because they're a star or because they contribute in ways that other people can't or don't, then all of a sudden the culture of their organization that hurts, you know, and you don't ever get that back once you start doing that. Yeah, I think that's that's imperative that, you know, we talked to Rick Jones, and he said the standard is the standard. And once the standard is set, 
there's non there's non negotiables inside of that, and I think that's what makes the All Blacks so uh, competitive. That makes them an elite team. That that drives them to be great day in and day out, year in and year out. And look, if you're a superstar and you don't fit in with a culture somewhere, that's fine. Go play on another team. Go be part of another organization. Take your skill set and contribute somewhere else. The All Blacks will not be the organization for you because they will not compromise for you. Well, better men make better All Blacks. That's really about self-improvement. And it's not only about rugby, it's about life. Young men driving together to produce something that they're proud of. I think it just encompasses that idea of you can always be better whether it's off the field or on the field and if you have that characteristic then you'll be a great All Black. What a profound statement that they're making of they're not going to compromise anything inside of their program to make it fit what your personality is. Their main ingredient is that it's character and humility and you're a better person. Yeah. And then really, if you have those two qualities, if you have character and if you have humility and you can sweep the shed and you can work on your values on a daily basis, then it really comes down to the Japanese art and philosophy of Kaizen. Small marginal gains made daily. This would be like the 1% mentality, but it's one thing that you're intentionally working on every day and you get just a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And over the course of six months, a year, five years, a decade, you have made infinite growth. Right. JT, I talk to people all the time and they're like 1% better. And I say, well, just imagine you putting a penny in a jar every day. I'm not asking for a dollar. I'm not asking for a quarter. I'm not asking for $5. I'm asking you to go and put a penny in a jar every day. Now, after 30 days, you're only going to have 30 cents. But you start adding up the time. So if you're a freshman and you put in that penny the first day that you walk in, and then you, your last penny's put in the last day that you're a senior. And uh, I think that's what, another way people can look at 1% better. Because not only do we want players to be better, we want coaches to be better. So if, we're, if you're a coach and you're asking a player to be 1% better, well, what are you doing to improve yourself? What are you doing that is uh, going to make you a 1% better coach? Maybe it's on the culture side. So the question is, what's cluttering your life? And if it's cluttering it, get it out. It's such an important question to ask because in the West, here in the United States, for example, we don't necessarily believe in those small marginal gains every day. We are big time out of balance people. People ask me all the time, like, Coach Tori, what's the key to balance in life? And my answer is always the same. It's, I don't think we have balance. I think we live our life out of balance. We go from 90-hour work weeks in the season to 10-hour work weeks in the weight room and with open fields in the summer. You know, we're constantly out of balance, and we're robbing from Peter to pay Paul in different areas of our life so that we can just go and get by and move on in our day. Sometimes when we talk about marginal gains, small little bits of intentional skill that we're working on every day, the best thing to do is to just put the blinders on and focus on your values. That's why it's the North Star. Go there. Get rid of everything else. Tune out all the noise 
and focus on what you need to do to be just a little bit better every single day. It's about sustaining a culture of success. Week in, week out, year in, year out. Think the best team in the world, that's our goal. If you recognise how much of an honour it is to pull on that black jersey, then the jersey will let you do things that you wouldn't have thought possible. As all blacks, you're expected to win. How many teams are expected to win every Friday night when they're on the court, when they're on the field, when they're in the uh, on the circle in wrestling? Your expectations have to be to win. And the thing I see is you have to embrace those expectations. So many teams, they say, uh, you know, you're walking through the hallway and like, what are y'all going to do on Friday night? Well, we hope to win. Well, there shouldn't be a hope to win. You know, when I played junior college at Hines, uh, they were pretty dominant. They were top five in the country. Never once did I ever think we were going to lose because we were expected to win. And that was a freshman coming in to a team. And when we lost, you would have thought the other team won the Super Bowl. But the expectations have to be high. And what's an all-blacks expectation? To win every game. How do they deserve to think that way? Because they embrace the expectation of what that jersey means. They, they earn the right to be disciplined, to sweep the shed, and they embrace every expectation. You know, it's such a powerful point. I think about President Lincoln, and I'm a history major. Uh, Lincoln, uh, I honor all 45 of our U.S. presidents, whether you like the person or not. And we've had presidents with really high character and terrible at policy. We've had other presidents with really low character but really good at policy. Wherever, however you feel about a particular president, there's a certain weight that comes with that position, and the responsibility is great. And I think about President Lincoln, and you can Google all the different challenges that he faced. There's a great adversity poem out there that talks about all the different ways he failed in his life. But there's one thing that he got right, and that was holding this country together without compromising his values. Slavery was wrong. That's been the, the tone set from the history lesson for the last 150 years. President Lincoln was not willing to compromise on slavery. And yes, he had to fight the nastiest war in American history that impacted every single family in America during that time. And in the end, he didn't even get to see the product of all of his work manifest into our great country staying together. He was assassinated before that day came. The struggle the day-to-day, the grind, all the different marginal gains that he made, little by little by little, held our country together. And it's that character and that mentality that comes back to the expectations of we are one nation under God no matter what. Yeah, and that, that leads into our last point, JT, about legacy. And you just described Lincoln's legacy. For whatever people have their opinion, whatnot, uh, take a a pause and just think about your team's legacy. What do you want your team to be remembered as? Do you want to have a team that's going to toe the line for you and play for you and the non-negotiables, the standard is the standard? That, you know, we're not going to be five minutes late. It's like the Randy Schrader. 
Early's on time and on time's late. You know, you start thinking about that. What is, what are our non-negotiables with our team and what legacy do you want to leave? And is your legacy worth following? I think is a huge question for each senior class that goes through. And I'm going to challenge every leader and every team listening right now to pause it and ask yourself this question. And this is good. This is a big question. It's going to take some time to process. What battle do you need to fight right now to make the legacy of your program or your team better? President Lincoln needed the Civil War. You know, uh, the All Blacks, they need to lose 14% of their games because that makes everyone stronger and more united together. What battle do you need to fight right now to make tomorrow better for your program? This concludes part one of the Culture Connection on Legacy and the All Blacks. To find this presentation and more resources, please visit CoachRandyJackson.com and download the PowerPoint today. Also, reach out to Coach Weaver and Coach Tory at CultureClassroom19 on Twitter and let us know some of your answers to these reflective questions and how it's helped your team evolve and be a tighter unit. GameStrat is the number one choice for football coaches looking for the most reliable and advanced sideline replay system on the market. More coaches are switching to GameStrat because it simply works when it's supposed to work. And unlike other systems, GameStrat is simpler to set up and use, delivers the fastest video transfer times in the industry, gives you the most tagging capabilities, and has the best game day support. Choose GameStrat for your game day needs. Cultural Classroom is supported by Lausanne Learning, a nonprofit run by educators for educators with a mission to engage students, empower teachers, and transform schools. Through professional development conferences focusing on active learning, practical resources, and reflective teaching, including fishbowl classrooms and a unique teacher-to-teacher -teacher consulting program, Lausanne Learning is providing the authentic professional development your school needs. Visit them at lawsandlearning.com today to find one of their active learning conferences near you and to learn more about changing education from the ground up.